welcome to Right to Life of Michigan's Life Beat podcast. I am your host, Anna Plymert, and today we have a new permanent member of our podcast, Garrett Craddock. Thank you for being here, Garrett. We're excited to add another person to the podcast. It's good to be here. <laughs> so for this week's episode, we're going to be running through quite a few topics, just some reminders of events we have coming up give a little shout out to Black History Month, and then we're going to be giving some updates on lawsuits, on legislation that's been happening in Michigan that you definitely should know about. First of all, we have our legislative day coming up on May 1st that is going to be in Lansing. We're super excited about it. We have Wesley Smith coming in from California, and he's going to be our keynote speaker. And then um, just throughout the day, you're going to have the chance to meet with your legislator, have lunch with them, talk with them about your your hopes and your dreams um, of what you want to see in bills introduced or bills protected. So it's going to be a really great day. May 1st, you can register on our website. Then um, we also want to remind you that we have the presidential primary election coming up on February 27th, so very soon. For information on that, we actually have a new webpage dedicated to our elections. I really recommend checking it out because you can find information on why you should vote, why it's super important to vote in this election. You can find a handout that explains where each presidential primary candidate stands on life, which will be really, really helpful. You can also find information on how our election laws have changed since 2022 and um, how in-person voting works, how absentee ballot voting works, how early voting works. So I definitely recommend that you check out our website. It is rtl.org slash elections is where you can find all that information. We're super excited because this month is Black History Month and we usually try to take some time out of the month to celebrate black leaders from history, from current times. And so this month we are actually going to be doing a podcast special interview with a pastor from Lansing and we're going to be going over how the black community values life and what that looks like from his perspective which is a black pastor. We're also going to be featuring some blog posts from black leaders on our website throughout the month so we're super excited about that and we hope that you check it out. Now getting into updates of what's happening in Michigan with lawsuits and legislation. So first of all, we wanted to give a little update on the assisted suicide bills that were introduced last fall. We don't really have much of an update, which is great. They were introduced in the fall of 2023, right before a session went on break. They came back from break, I believe it was January 9 or 10, somewhere around there. And um, none of the bill or the package of bills has been has moved forward in the legislature, which is great news. But we still recommend that you contact your senators and tell them to vote no on this package of bills. We actually have a new tool that you can use. It's called Voter Voice. You can find it on our website. 
at rtl.org slash take action. Basically what Voter Voice is, is a tool for you to find your senator, find their phone number and their email, and then we have a paragraph or an email or a phone call script generated for you on the reasons that your senator should vote no. So if you don't really know what to say, but you want to contact them because you want to fight against this, that would be a great tool for you to use. So we we encourage you and ask you that you do reach out to your senator, tell them to vote no on these package of bills. For more information on just assisted suicide in general, we do also have that on our website right on the front page. There is a banner that you can click right on. We explain why it would be dangerous for minorities and um, communities of color in Michigan, why it would be dangerous for people with disabilities, the elderly, and why it would be a bad idea overall to have assisted suicide in Michigan. Is there anything you want to add, Garrett? <laughs> yeah, I, I just agree. It would be kind of a set a dangerous precedent for going into the future if this is passed through. Um, I, I feel like they like to say that it's death with dignity. Um, you know, they they pass it off as kind of a good thing, but it, in my opinion, it just it doesn't allow these patients their time with their families, um, and it kind of gives a just a way out that's not good. I, I mean, like I said, it sets a dangerous precedent. Like, where does this go after? Does it do we target terminally ill, terminally ill minors, uh, mentally ill? Um, just not good. Yeah, so if you would like to know more stats, how this has been affecting other states and other countries, like Garrett said, it starts as the terminally ill and then it quickly progresses to minors and people who are have mental illnesses and people who are not terminally ill. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to know more about that, we do have all that information on our website. Moving on, we wanted to give an update and a summary on a new lawsuit that was filed, I believe, three days ago. It is the Northland Family Planning Center versus Nestle lawsuit. And this is not great news for women in Michigan. This could be very, very dangerous for them. So do you want to give a little explanation of what this lawsuit is doing? Yes. So the main lawsuit is over the Michigan's 24-hour waiting period or um, informed consent. Uh, You know, the Northland Family Planning Center uh, are challenging the laws that require this waiting period before an abortion. Uh, they claim it's a harmful restriction and uh, that it reflects the will of Michigan voters. Um, I think that the only, you know, harm in this is, uh, you know, it's just affecting their pocketbooks, essentially. Um, all this is doing is taking away, like, important protections for women. Um, you know, that that's where the harm is at, so... Yeah, definitely. And this all stems from 2022 Proposal 3 that got passed, put abortion into our state constitution. Then from there, we had the Reproductive Health Act last fall that was passed, signed by the governor. That repealed several, I believe more than 10 of our laws that we've had in Michigan for 
for decades that have been protecting women. One of them that was super important was the regulations on safety and health regulations on abortion facilities that got repealed. And so informed consent, including the 24-hour waiting period, was actually included in the Reproductive Health Act, but it didn't have the support in the Michigan legislature. And so they ended up removing it last minute. It didn't get repealed, which is great news. But now we have this lawsuit that is coming after it again, saying that it is prohibiting women from exercising their constitutional right when really it's just a way to protect them because women do have a right to know all information regarding a procedure that they're receiving and we have this with any procedure that you're receiving there's not really a procedure that you can go in receive the same day and even if you do receive it the same day you're going to have information about it. They're going to give you information about what's your alternatives, what does the procedure actually do, is there any risk associated with it. So it's crazy that they think that that would be stopping women from getting this procedure. They can get the procedure. It's completely legal in Michigan, unfortunately. But this is just a, a way that they're informed. And we actually have a poll from last fall in October. And this poll showed that 72% of Michigan voters wanted to keep the informed consent, including the 24-hour waiting period, law in place, that they supported it for women. So for them to say that having this law in place is going against the will of the voters... No, I'm not really sure where they've come up with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we will keep you updated on this. We'll be following it closely. And we we are hoping it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, the points you just made are the things that have bugged me the most about this. Like every other procedure you will ever get in healthcare, you will have more than 24 hours, you know, at the very least 24 hours to know about it. And I think a lot of people think that this is this 24 hours and this issue is like a waste of time and it's just you know it's putting a buffer in between so that they you can get coerced out of doing it but it's not that at all it's to get valuable information make an informed decision on whether or not you want to go through with this um and the claim that you know you're you're given biased information during this time is just baseless yes definitely so this is a super important lawsuit to be to be following, we are definitely going to be following it with a close eye. We want to make sure that um, informed consent, including the 24-hour waiting period, is kept intact in Michigan just for the sake of of women. It protects them because if they go into a procedure, they don't know all the information, it could potentially harm them. You know, they don't know the risks included. They don't know that there's other alternatives. They don't even know what the procedure is going to be doing. They obviously know that they're going to be receiving an abortion, but they don't know how. And so this is all super important information that they should just know to make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. So moving on to our last topic, we've had kind of an an update (laughs) on the abortion pill case that has been happening through the federal courts. Do you want to give us a little update on that? Yes, this one is also uh, kind of disturbing. And this is beyond pro-life, pro-choice, but for the science community as a whole, because they've retracted two of the 
three of these studies from a 2021 case um, on the dangers of the abortion pill. Um, so, like I said, two of the three studies uh, from the medical publisher Sage Perspectives were retracted. Um, and the reasons for this uh, that were stated was um, bias from the publisher and author, and then um, how the information was presented through the uh, study. They had problems with it as well, and then possible defects in the selection of data. Um, but all of this data came from very prestigious and uh, long-standing pillars kind of in this community. For those of you who don't remember, we had this abortion pill case in the federal courts last year. It went back and forth between the court, the Circuit Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court, and it was kind of left to the Circuit Court of Appeals. They decided to keep the abortion pill on the market, but they did de- they did determine that it was unlawfully approved by the FDA. And then ultimately the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, was going to have to decide what happened with it, which is still the current status of it. Even with these three studies taken back, that is still what's the next action is going to be, is that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to take up this case and ultimately decide what happens with it. But to give a little background on what we're even talking about here, just because it's been a while, we have the abortion pill, which was approved by the FDA in 2000. The reason that this, that this case has even come up is because in 2000, when it was approved by the FDA, um, they were trying to do it quickly. And so they approved the abortion pill under a special process called subpart H, which is reserved for drugs designed to treat serious or life-threatening conditions. In order to use subpart H, the FDA had to reclassify pregnancy as a life-threatening condition. Now, because this drug, they recognized that it was more serious, that there were more side effects with it, they did put a REMS, which is a risk evaluation and mitigation strategy protocol on it. And so under that protocol, um, you have to be checked with an ultrasound to see how far along the pregnancy is. You They have to make sure that you are not RH positive or that you are not having an ectopic pregnancy. If you do take the abortion pill while you're having an ectopic pregnancy, it could be life-threatening. And so they had all of these all of these um, safeguards for women, and you had to be a doctor to give it. You had to have an in-person consultation. It couldn't be a telehealth, and it had to be under seven weeks. And so for all of these years, we've had these regulations, and then all of a sudden, last year, they made it so you could do telehealth and that a doctor didn't have to give it to you anymore, and you didn't have to be in person, and it could be 10 weeks gestation. And so we have this lawsuit Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine versus the Food and Drug Administration. The Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine is a group of doctors, actually, that brought this case saying, actually, the abortion pill was never even approved correctly by the FDA in 2000. It shouldn't be on the market because it's super dangerous. And so that's kind of where we are at the moment, why this case was even brought up. 
The next steps, again, are for the U.S. Supreme Court to rule on this case. There's been a lot of back and forth. Um, It's been a long time coming that we do have a ruling. It's really unfortunate to hear that three studies that were used by this group of doctors and um, on the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine were were taken back. And, and I've noticed kind of in the past that studies with the abortion pill, that they're kind of all over the place because obviously the abortion industry doesn't want there to be a study out there that makes it look bad because they make a lot of money off of it. It's going to be an interesting case for the U.S. Supreme Court to take up. Hopefully it settles everything, and we are hoping that they take into consideration the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals decision saying that it was unlawfully approved by the FDA. So that's kind of the update of where we're at. We're going to also keep watching that case closely to see um, what happens with it and hopefully we can get it settled soon mm-hmm. yeah it is sad to see because this study it's, it wasn't um, extremely biased it was actually very scientific well thought out um, they looked at over 423,000 abortions and had almost a fourth of those that had an emergency room visit that followed and that's just that were reported where the women went in and said, I have had an abortion and, and need help. I mean, some of these were just kind of a suffered in silence um, situation where they didn't inform the hospital of why they were having the symptoms they were having. But it would be nice to see them roll back some of those um, policies where it's not about as easy as getting an Amazon order as far as getting it in the mail. Um, so anyway. Yeah, and, and you can see through all of these back and forth between the courts that we do have some strong evidence that the abortion pill is dangerous and that if it is on the market at all, that there needs to be regulations and safeguards for women. Like I said earlier, there has been a lot of different studies where pro-abortion doctors who work, on plan, work for Planned Parenthood will do a study showing that the abortion pill is safe or that the abortion pill reversal, which is just progesterone, is not safe. And so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of studies they bring to the table. And yeah, we're I'm curious to see what the ruling is. If you want to know more information and just background on the abortion pill and kind of the history of it, we've done several life beat features about how the abortion pill came from France in 1988 and who created it and um, how it came to the U.S. through the Population Council. And so all just really interesting things. If you look at the history of it, you can kind of see that it's common sense of what they're trying to do. And unfortunately, in our society, we've fallen so used to having the abortion pill And so I think that's also another argument that they're using of, well, we've had it for the past, you know, 20-some years. We can't just take it off the market now. We have people relying on it, and the statute of limitations have already been up. So you can't really go after it now and say that it's unlawful. 
it's been approved since 2000. So if you look at the history of, of where this um, drug came from, it's super interesting. We have all that information on our website and on the podcast. Um, highly recommend checking out those episodes. But like I said, we will we will be following closely and keeping you up to date on what happens. Next week, we're going to have a special interview with a black pastor from Lansing in honor of Black History Month. So that will be next Friday. We hope that you tune in for this week. That is all that we have, and we're going to wrap it up. We hope that you have a wonderful weekend and that you enjoy the lovely weather. Thank you.